0: Right now, we want to talk some Ohio State football by going to the hotline and bring in legendary Buckeyes beat reporter, currently at LettermanRoad.com. Follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore May Sports. He's Tim May. Tim, happy new year, and thanks for joining us. How are you? Uh, Feliz Navidad, mi amigos. I'm doing extremely well. Well, good for you. We appreciate the time as always, Tim. And it's been a couple of days now, so uh, we've had a chance to digest everything, maybe go back and watch uh, some more of the game, read more information that's come out after the Buckeyes' 42-41 loss to Georgia. I'm just curious uh, your reaction to the game itself and uh, the Buckeyes blowing a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter and missing a chance to play for a national championship.
1: Well, let me rem- remind you and all your listeners that no matter how much you go back and uh, relook at stuff, redigest digest it, uh, the heartburn is still going to be there. Uh, yeah. There's nothing you can do about it now. Uh, with that said, uh, heck, man, just follow the box score. They were leading, and then they weren't. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And in between, they lost their – Maybe the best receiver in the country on the next to the last play of the third quarter in Marvin Harrison Jr. Lost as good a tight end as there was in the Big Ten, I do believe, this year. Uh, early in that game, Cade Stover landed landed on his butt after trying to uh, to hurdle a, a, a player. You know, you get away with that, you get away with that, you get away with that, and then all of a sudden you don't. And uh, you right. can land very, very uh, haphazardly, and that's exactly what happened to Cade Stover. Went into the game without Travion Henderson, as we all well know, under, under, underwent surgery. Uh, Mayan Williams was clearly not 100%, uh, although they thought he might be. But anyway, I'm just laying it all out there from an offensive standpoint. It kind of reminded me of Maverick in the first top gun. He goes, i got a problem here. I've only got one missile left. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and right. uh, that was C.J. Stroud. And, uh, yeah, he still had, obviously, Mecha Ibuka and Xavier Johnson uh, and Julian Fleming. Uh, but boy, when you take the maybe the best receiver in the country off the field, it changes a lot of things. I guess my point being, uh, uh, the offense sort of lost its mojo in that fourth quarter. Although they did drive to one field goal, and uh, you know, and then uh, and then drove to what they thought might be another one. Although fifty-yard attempt is never a gimme. Although uh, Noah Ruggles had just made one from almost the identical spot, just two yards uh, closer to the goal line there. Uh, uh, from 48 yards. Uh, bottom line is Ohio State's defense once again gave up some gash plays. One of which was the play that really got uh, Georgia back in the game was that that long touchdown pass to to Arian Smith when uh, Lathan Ransom fell down. That's what really flipped it, I do believe, from a momentum standpoint. And uh, so it was kind of like what was the bugaboo of the Ohio State defense. The last part of the year and other parts in the season really bit them in the in the rear end exactly the wrong time, and uh notice my voice is falling off because i 'm leading yeah. up to the yeah. missed field goal at the end that would have <laughs> saved everything, but it was about as bad a miss as you can Boy, see
2: ain't that the truth, Tim. I thought we were going to learn something from the Michigan game, and you talk about those gash plays, and the thing that we thought that Jim Knowles was going to do was maybe tweak the defense, throw another safety back there. Keep the long plays in front of you. Why didn't that happen?
1: Well, I mean, here's the thing about a gash play. You never know when it's going to happen, number one. Number two, I thought Ohio State did a pretty decent job on them, really, to be honest with you. I mean, a, a fairly potent Georgia offense did a pretty decent, pretty decent job on them for three quarters. But you got to win the fourth quarter yeah. in a – in a uh, national championship-style game, and that's exactly what that was. And, uh, you know, just when you think you've got everything under control, Mm. uh, boom. You know, Lathan Ransom falls down. But I'm I'm with you. Uh, We're going to get to the next topic here in a minute, but we were going to get to it in a minute, but I'm going to get to it now. I think uh, Ryan Day has seen about as much as he wants to see from putting someone else totally in charge – Of the defense, while he pretty much handles the offense. That's why he is thinking. As he texted me yesterday afternoon, he's thinking strongly about giving up play-calling duties and becoming more of the what you would call a classic head coach. That's what that's the way I referred to it. More of a overseer of the whole team, meaning you're, you're you are deeply involved in every aspect of the game and not just the offense because. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, yep. shame on you even more. Fool me. how many times? <laughs> well, now, you know, he's going to jump into it. And, I mean, that's what I truly do believe because there is a lot to be said that's positive, big-time positive about the Jim Knowles defense. But like, as I wrote even after the Michigan game, and I talked to you guys about that, uh, a defense that has three safeties uh, usually in the lineup, you know, just when they needed a safety deep to at least make a detour of a big time play. Uh, once again, it bit them in the butt. And, uh, there's, there's gotta be a way to get pressure and, uh, keep another team off on its toes and, uh, and be aggressive without just like throwing, uh, throwing the kitchen sink at them. And
2: so the I'm sure that is sink. definitely
1: part and parcel to what's gonna be changing about the defense going into 2023 <laughs> season. But, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do about it now.
0: Yeah, yeah. He wants to throw the kitchen sink, the microwave, the refrigerator, the dishwasher, and everything. and, and right, you I, forgot. I,
1: you forgot the air fryer.
0: The air fr- Oh yeah, I have the air fryer too. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, the air fryer, everything, is, and, uh,
1: yeah, that's I'm that's just that's sitting that's there the, watching uh, it. Appliances are the easiest to throw. By the way, go ahead now. Yes, they, they
0: are. <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching it, and then I totaled it up. The last two games, Tim, the Buckeyes' defense, yep. Jim Knowles, gave up 14 plays of 20 or more yards. Nine in the game against Georgia, to nine different players gained 20 or more yards in that game and they were outscored 18 to three there. And in their last two um, uh, what is it um, uh, th- their last two games against the Michigan uh, and Georgia. You, you just sit there and you, you said it. Fool me one, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. How does Jim Knowles not learn from that Michigan game? How does he know, especially with the lead, that just keep everything in front of you, make them earn it on 10, 12 play drives, uh, especially with some of the key members of the offense uh, not available for Ryan Day. I, that just boggles my mind for somebody that's getting paid $2 million that he refuses. I don't know if it's his ego, if he's stubborn, or whatever it is, and, and maybe he doesn't have the talent and he thinks he does. How, how does he not learn that?
1: Well, number one, you misquoted me. I said, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three <laughs> times, shame on you. Okay. I went on right on down. Uh, number one. Number two, well, you know, as you watch that game, uh he kind of looked like he had learned. And then all of a sudden, you know, they wanted to take the starch out of Stetson Bennett's sale. And uh, and yeah. Bennett. <laughs> Wow. I mean, show me a more clutch quarterback in the last many years of college football, a more clutch quarterback. Maybe there have been some as clutch. That guy, a guy that Georgia didn't even want, a guy they made go to junior college, hoping he would never come back, and he came back after going to junior college, after becoming spit-polished in junior college, uh, and came back and then finally said, okay, you can play quarterback, and all he does is lead him to one national championship on, on the brink of another bottom line is that kind of guy is not gonna choke he's probably even though he looked actually average at best in a lot of that game and ohio state was part and parcel to making that happen when it was time to deliver the goods you know he was yeah. amazon at christmas i mean that's exactly what he was that's a pretty good line wasn't it that was <laughs> a
0: right great line i'm gonna steal uh, that but
1: but the bottom line is yeah i'm, I'm with you 150 percent uh i as I tweeted after Ohio State uh, kicked it, made its last good field goal, Noah Ruggles from 48 yards. Um, now it's down to the defense. You know, yep, I mean, I saw uh, your tweet. I, I had something, I had something a lot more profound than that. But, but, and of course, it was uh, put up for shut up time. More than uh, fool me twice, shame on you. Put up for yeah. shut up time, and all you had to do was keep them from scoring a touchdown. I mean. That's it. That, you know, and of course we know they're trying just as hard as Ohio State is, you know, and they've got, they've shown the moxie. They've come from behind this year at, at Missouri, uh, an average team, but they, they were trailing in the fourth quarter and scored, uh, had to, about double figures and had to come back and win that game. Uh, uh, Ohio State didn't get it done on defense and, and they did, but like you said, where was the, not a prevent defense, but a much more conservative, mm-hmm. yep. uh, just keep everything in front of you defense uh evidently it's still on the drawing board
0: yeah. well they need to go back to that and erase hey, it and maybe well, that's what bob ryan day is going to do it
1: did you like did you like the way i came to a summation there even though it you know yes. really uh who knows where it is <laughs> yeah,
0: i did tim may is our it guest outstanding field. it was
1: not it was not on the field go ahead
0: Yeah, Tim May joining us here on the Kenny and JT Show, lettermonroe.com at Tim May, or Tim underscore May Sports on Twitter. Follow him there. All right, so galleon effort. They come up a point short. Um, Now what, Tim, right? Uh, C.J. Stroud. I think he improved his stock because he actually ran the football uh, effectively oh, yeah. and bought time with his legs, and I think that improved. So he's gone to the NFL. Um, what about next year? The quarterback position is going to be, uh, you know, a huge question mark beginning next year. But Henderson's back, Williams is back, Harrison Jr.'s back, Ibuka, Fleming, uh, some key guys are back. But are if they? you don't have a
2: quarterback, is Ibuka you know, back? Or are they tampering with him, Tim May?
1: Well, I mean, uh, this is tamper season. Uh, tamper season yep. started a month ago, uh, so who knows what's going on? Uh, I don't. You know, I'm not going to call him every five minutes to see if uh, he's tamper-proof. But I mean, right. you know, you know there a lot of things are up for grabs anymore in college football. And uh, Egbuca basically has sworn his allegiance to Ohio State. Uh, so is Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, but you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, you're right. I mean, this could be once again the best receiving. Room in college football and it's going to be enhanced by this incoming recruiting class that is no doubt about it The Ennis kid and the Noah Rogers and 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 those kids uh, all those kids young men coming in but uh uh you know you never know until they line up in August you know who you got and sometimes not even then I'm just yeah and who's going to get them the football at his, just at his team right now and you know they've got two highly regarded quarterback candidates uh Cal McCord who was uh Marvin Harrison Jr's quarterback in high school and then Devin Brown who ended up being the highest rated quarterback in the uh in the 2022 class when all the dust settled so uh and both of them are keen on what's coming in the spring i mean uh you know the only thing they lack really in the quarterback room is maybe one more name but i mean the kid Lincoln Keynotes, the uh, kid they signed out of Pierre South Dakota who uh Flip from Washington to go to Ohio State. I mean, he's got a huge upside if you just watch him on video. Uh, but uh, the bottom line is, it's, it's going to be a battle between those Cal McCord and Devin Brown, two highly sought quarterbacks. You know, Devin Brown at once one time was basically committed to USC, but changed his mind. And uh, so that's what you've got. I mean, I you know we were sitting here two years ago. How good yep. CJ Stroud going to be? And CJ Stroud. up being a two-time Heisman finalist, a two-time Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, Um, you know, and uh, so that is what it is. That's college football for you. That's that's advanced by the transfer portal and name image name image and likeness perfect storm.
2: Absolutely, Tim. You know, it takes me back to Justin Fields because that was the last time you really knew what you were getting, and you got him through the transfer portal. Losing a game like they did to the number one team in the country, I have to feel that if recruiting means anything, and you mentioned NIL and you mentioned Transfer Portal, hanging with Georgia in that game I think helps recruiting. Am I wrong?
1: No, but I mean, Ohio State, you know, Ohio State lost a few recruits, uh, you know, obviously from the class they got. Like I just said, though, they flipped some guys themselves and got some players in this class, Uh, the 2023 class. And they may get a couple, three more. Uh, and, and the, I don't know how to explain. I mean, in other words, Ohio State, you know, is in the top five, top six, top seven, wherever, wherever you're looking for whatever recruiting ranking wants to jump out at you already. They, you know, they're not, they're not paupers by any stretch. I mean, they're, they are one of the elite, you know, five or six teams in the country right now, five or six programs in the country right now. That hasn't changed. And, uh, you know, to me, um, uh, as I look at this team, I'm more interested to see, you know, what they do at left tackle and right tackle with losing uh pro- probably losing Paris Johnson Jr. and uh DeJuan Jones to the draft. So, mm-hmm. you know, that those are those are key key positions on how good they could be in 2023.
2: Tim, we also understand we're going to lose the offensive coordinator moving out after this season. What can you tell us about Larry Johnson and that defensive line?
1: Uh
2: is it time to move on?
1: Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. What are you asking me? That? Does I he mean, want uh, to move
2: on? Is Larry Johnson a little bit too long in the tooth? We haven't had a really good dominant defensive end, in my opinion, since Chase Young. Is it time maybe to get somebody I'm a little sure. bit younger in there?
1: Uh, I think J.T. tui is pretty damn good. Uh, I thought Zach Harrison Got better got much better as the year went on and really came on. Uh, obviously played, I thought pretty damn good against Georgia. Um, Jack Sawyer's still, you know, coming on, but I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, the, you know, the kid they got out of Washington D.C. area in this in this recruiting class is pretty good. Um, I, I don't know how to answer that because I thought. That, I thought the defensive line off and on was per, was pretty good this year. That's why Tommy Eikenberg and Steel Chambers got to make a lot, hell of a lot more tackles than he did a year ago. Uh, was it the greatest defensive line in the country? I don't know. Maybe, you know, probably not. Uh, um, definitely not, maybe. he said,
2: But don't you, you know, need that, Tim, with a suspect words. secondary?
1: Was, it, was Georgia's? Was Georgia's? I mean, Ohio State scored 41 points on Georgia, you know, with Jalen right. Carter and all those guys. So, you know, you... Comes down to, as I told Nick Bosa one time, you got it made. He goes, how's that? I said, cause you make two plays a game. You've had a hell of a game. A quarterback makes two mistakes in a game. He's had a crappy game. He started laughing, but, uh, but the bottom line is, yeah, I think, I think Larry Johnson is still quite viable in his profession. All the people who played for him and even the guys who play for him now swear by him. The Bosa's yeah. think he's basically the messiah when it comes to, uh, teaching a uh, defensive line technique. And so does Chase Young. So. You know, to answer your question, I don't know.
0: Jim <laughs> <laughs> May, our guest,
1: Ohio State beat you reporter joining <laughs> uh,
2: You damn right I did. <laughs>
0: Oh guys! Well, Tim, uh, JT mentioned Kevin Wilson's gone. You mentioned Ryan Day texts you and says, "I'm thinking of giving up play calling duties." So, who is the next play caller then for the Ohio State Buckeyes for next year? Whether it's Kyle McCord or Devin Brown at quarterback. What city are What city are you guys in primarily? I'm
1: trying to remember. Canton, Ohio, Stark County. There you go. There's a hint. Nate okay. Moore, uh, I think I think Brian Hardline. It might be his moment to arrive Ooh. into that seat. We'll see. He was a passing game coordinator this year. You know, basically, I'm not even sure what all those titles mean. Usually, uh, a lot of those titles are just so uh, you can justify giving them a little bit more money to keep them from leaving and going somewhere else. I'm talking about in the coaching staff, but Brian Hardline is very sharp. Uh, you know, it's funny that I'm talking about him like a like a KG a veteran, but. You know, he's been doing this now for four seasons. It's been quite adept at recruiting, quite adept at developing talent, and it looks like he's pretty good as a passing game coordinator if a lot of that product is his. Of course, we know a lot of that product uh, is also uh, Ryan Day's for, you know, maybe more so, but uh, but the bottom line is it looks like Ryan Day has a lot of faith in uh, Brian Hartline and his potential and, you know, uh, Lincoln Riley and all these other big offensive minds—they uh, were—they were designing and calling plays a lot, a lot uh, earlier than uh, Brian Hartline might be doing. If you follow my drift, uh, no. from an age standpoint, there's no, okay. it's clear that uh, the players all respect him, uh, Brian Hartline. We'll see who becomes, who gets named ipso facto the offensive coordinator. It's going to be much more of a stronger title than it was, though, because we all knew Ryan Day. Ran the show on the offense and definitely called the play. So, uh, in fact, he moves on. Uh, is he going to bring somebody else in? Uh, he's already kind of filled a vacancy on that staff uh, with Keenan Bailey. Guy's been there for a while now as a as a guy in the back uh, in the uh, in the uh, what do you call it, The lower level, just helping coaches. He's an extremely sharp guy. He's the first first name that came out of uh, Ryan Day's mouth. When it came to praising the offensive staff and putting together you know, that game plan on Monday night, on Saturday night, okay. which I thought was excellent, excellent, until you lost about two of the major players in that, and uh, and then it became what it became. But uh, yeah, but uh, I I could see, I wouldn't bat an eye if he said, you know, Brian Hartline is now our offensive coordinator is going to call plays. I wouldn't bat an eye at that.
0: Tim May, our guest beat reporter for ohio state at com, talking about the the buckeyes 42 41 loss to georgia in the semifinals. Hey, Roadmaster. What, Roadmaster, what lies there you? yes
1: go ahead Roadmaster, can i interrupt you can i throw a detour out there the other thing about whoever becomes the offensive coordinator it's not like ryan day's going to go over and sit on a stool you know at about the 35 yard line right i mean he will be involved in deciding plays and things like that as any head coach is you know and uh You know, I just want to make sure that this isn't like uh, uh, a a pro, necessarily a professional offensive coordinator who calls all the plays or a head coach slash offensive coordinator who calls all the plays. I'm not going to name names. But, uh, but but, you know, he will still be involved very much in the offense. I am sure of that.
0: Okay. Well, how about this then? Somebody told me this, and and, uh, I consider you one of the – top, not Buckeye uh, beat reporters only, college football uh, beat reporters, all right? And somebody said to me, look it up if you have time to see who the last head coach was that called his own plays that won a national championship in college football. And the name that was given to me was Steve Spurrier with the Gators back in the late 90s. Now, my question to you is, did Jim Trestle call his own plays? Because today is the 20th anniversary of the greatest uh, college football game I've ever seen, and that was uh, Ohio State beating Miami 31-24 in double overtime to win the national championship. Did Trestle call all of his own plays uh, You know that year? Is he the answer to that trivia question, or do we have to go back to Spurrier? And maybe is that something that uh, Ryan Day took into consideration and in saying, all right, uh, I've got to step aside with this and focus more on the whole
1: team. Depends uh, on who you ask. If you ask me, Jim Trussell called the plays and it was the ipso facto. I like using that term ipso facto offensive coordinator. Uh, he described it as a as a group effort, uh, but to me, it was like a group effort of all the uh, of these um, commuter trains going into like Union Station and then the express coming out. You know what I mean? So he right. was the Union Station who then. Buttered what play they were going to run. The great decider, I guess is what I would call him. Yeah, he definitely called plays for Ohio State that year. So I don't know who your buddy is since you didn't name him. He must be quite the source for you. But, uh, but the bottom line is Jim Trussell did call the plays in that national championship. He was the guy. He had an offensive coordinator in Jim Bowman, but he was more of a collator than a coordinator, meaning he would put together the thoughts and uh, whatever wishes of Jim Trussell and the rest of the Rest of those guys, but Jim Trussell called the plays. He's the guy that would walk in on Sunday with about seven or eight, nine new things he wanted to maybe incorporate into the offense each each week, and uh, and a lot of them were really novel, like the, uh, as I called it, the shot gin and things like that. And right. Uh, but the bottom line is, yeah, yeah, I think your guy was wrong.
0: Yeah, I I think so too. Right, and what about Urban Meyer? Right, did did Urban, Urban Meyer, Meyer call the,
1: Urban, 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 Urban was kind of like. Did and didn't. In other words, uh, he, you know, he was, he was in on some calls, some calls, you know, he let others make. Here's okay. the thing. We never get straight answers on that kind of stuff anymore anyway. So, uh, right. but Ryan, Day clearly was the, was the last guy. He was the, he was the, like I said, the great decider who uh, determined what play you're going to run. You're always looking for input. You know that, you know, you know, how it looks, Hey, what's your best run play here? Hey, what's your right. best pass play here? Uh, and then, and then he would decide which way you go. Um, when he's talking to other guys on the, on the headsets, I know he leaned heavily on Kevin Wilson, uh, as did uh, uh, urban Meyer in 2018. I mean, Kevin Wilson was a former offensive coordinator at Oklahoma and a former head coach. And, and, you know, that's the guy they're replacing, but you know, good for him. He finally, he finally got a, another head coaching job after getting railroaded in my opinion at Indiana, but that's a, that's a, a radio show for another day. Bottom line is, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think head coaches can call plays. I don't, Uh, You know, I'm not sure what all that means. I know and Riley, you know, called his own plays. Of course, he never won a national championship. I know that Nick Saban second-guessed play calls, so that's kind of like what we're doing right now. (laughs) uh, Nick Saban was sort of the uh, roadmaster, you know, for Alabama the last many years. (laughs) I wouldn't call that. (laughs) <laughs> i wouldn't know that's for sure
0: hey tim always insightful and entertaining that's why we love having you on thanks for joining us in the new year uh and we'll do this again sometime soon here all right pal
1: yeah just send me the transcript of this uh of this uh show i'm not sure what i said and why i said it it's always a pleasure fellas <laughs> Hey, that's our show
0: on a daily basis, Tim. So, okay, no problem. We'll get it to you, Your all right?
1: Your Honor, could I have that testimony read back to me? <laughs> <And> slowly, please. <laughs> You're the best, hey, Tim.
0: You. Right. There he is. Tim May checking in with us today here on the Kenny and JT Show.